you are to be concerned with Moolah! You don't know how you're supposed to earn it Or what to do with it or how to keep it You're a freak with a dark, shameful secret But you're not the only one Get your hidden financial fears with a blast of sun Now your healing has begun It's Bad With Money with Gabby Dunn Hello and welcome to this week's Bad With Money mailbag episode I'm Gabby Dunn And oh boy, have I recorded some awesome interviews for the upcoming episodes of Bad With Money. I've talked to cancer survivor and nonprofit employee Rachel Yalkobi and the hosts of Diking Out Pod for a two-parter episode on pinkwashing in cancer and pinkwashing in corporate pride. I am so excited to get into pinkwashing and both definitions of it. I expect these to be controversial and informative, and I cannot wait to share these episodes with you. On today's mailbag show, we're going to clear out the many, many emails and comments you all left. I will read your emails, Facebook and Discord comments, and I will welcome our new patron. So let's start off with the emails. This is an email from Kaylee, and it says, Hi, Gabby. I heard the episode where the farmer said they were millions in debt and what to do, and I have some advice. I live in a rural area in New York and am friends with several farmers. A few things they do to keep good cash flow are solar farms. If you have the spare land, you can lease land for a solar farm or start a community solar farm where everyone pitches in and then draws on that power and you sell extra back to the grid. Etsy. Grow flowers, herbs, etc. and sell them on Etsy. A single bouquet of dried flowers goes for $20 to $60 depending on the size on Etsy. Think weddings and resin jewelry uses. A lot of people are into apothecary now and look for sage, eucalyptus, clove, you get it. Boutique farmer's market items. Think Rose Apothecary from Schitt's Creek. Pair with a local boutique based on what you farm. Is it a dairy farm? Think lotions, etc. Agriculture, think crop share. Pair with a local agricultural program and get interns for grant writing and work on the farm. Have a scenic view? Rent it out for photo shoots. Pair with some local photographers looking for a barn, wildflower field, tractor that's not in use, etc. You have to get insurance for this. Do you have a horse barn? Rent out empty stalls. There are endless things you can do with a farm that generate extra income to help soften that blow. I hope this helps. Kaylee. Oh my God, that was so lovely. Thank you so much for that email. That was was really, really helpful. Okay, here's an email from Shelby. It says... Hi, Gabby. I recently got into your podcast and have been working through the back catalog. I loved your episode on winning money on game shows and was excited to hear that you are a big Jeopardy fan. What is your take on Amy Schneider's history-making run? Personally, I thought the slow burn of her increased openness about her identity through the daily interview segments was handled strategically, perhaps with coaching from the producers. It took her a while to mention that her partner is female, and then eventually she talked about her girlfriend more frequently. I'm not sure that she ever stated I am transgender directly on the show, but made allusions to her identity when she talked about her Ozma tattoo and some other stories. I was very excited to see Amy beat some prominent male record holders and claim a spot behind just Ken Jennings as the player who has won the second most number of games in Jeopardy history. Unfortunately, the trolls online claim that you can't say the number two Jeopardy player is a woman because she has a male brain, quote unquote, or whatever hateful nonsense they spew. Overall, I love the representation, but I feel like it was handled, managed carefully by the show. I would love to hear your thoughts on the historic run and let you geek out over Jeopardy again on the podcast. Much love, Shelby. Yes, I love Jeopardy. I was so excited to see Amy Schneider on the show. She's a trans woman who uh, had a very long run. There had been a few long runs in a row, Matt Amodio being one of them. 
Um, and sometimes I get frustrated when there's a long run on the show because I'm like, come on, I want everyone to have a chance, you know? Uh, so I know a lot of people get really excited about when people are on a streak, but sometimes I feel bad for the people that clearly go on just to like be filler and lose to, to the person that's clearly on a roll. That being said, I think there have been a lot more visible queer contestants on Jeopardy lately. Cody Lawrence, who we interviewed on our Winning Money episode, is one of them. Uh, there was also a woman named Kate and uh, someone named TJ who were queer contestants recently. So I know there have probably been a lot more queer contestants, but there have definitely been in the last few months some really prominent um out trans and out queer contestants. So that has been super exciting to see as a queer person who is obsessed with Jeopardy. Uh, I just think Jeopardy is so mainstream and it's in so many homes and it's not a show that's like about queerness. So it is cool to see these people be represented on a show that's about intelligence and um, ability to know trivia and to know that that is going into the homes of grandparents and parents and people who maybe have never seen a trans person before. So I think that's really cool. Um, and congratulations to Amy. And I would love to see more representation like this in settings where it's getting to people who wouldn't necessarily seek out trans or queer content. Okay, this is an email that was really intense. It's got some ups and downs. Um, and it's definitely a curiosity. So let's read it. Okay. Whoo, here we go. Gabby, for the love of all that is unholy and queer, please look up the difference between the neoclassical school of economics and the Austrian school. I'm trying so hard to keep my cool, so I really, really hope I'm not mean or offensive, but people talking about capitalism, which comes up a lot in your show, most of the time do not know what they're talking about. Ooh, Nelly, let's get into it. Ooh, this email... I gotta give you a real quick rundown because I'm sitting in my car at 8.43 p.m. writing this while listening to your Lee Badgett episode. I had to turn it off to concentrate, though, so hopefully as soon as I send this email and then finish listening to the episode, I am immediately proven to be a dunce who should have listened to the episode before writing what is sure to be a long one. I just googled Lee Badgett, though, so I don't think I am, unfortunately. Capitalism, as defined by Karl Marx, is an era in time that many think to be now in which the producers run the world. And then they made a little joke, who run the world, girl, which is a reference to a Beyonce song. Who are evil and stupid and would sell your grandmama for a buck. Communists want to take the means of production from the hands of producers and put in place a government of the people. Sounds great, right? And then in all caps, wrong. You couldn't be more wrong and I'll prove it to you. Okay, I'll calm down. This is still part of the email. Okay. Email continues. Producers produce things. That's all they do. A producer is anyone who owns a business, anyone who works for themselves, anyone who creates anything. Communists, Marxists, liberals, etc. think that they are seizing the means of production from evil conglomerates, which is only perhaps 1% of the situation. Ordinary people produce things. No offense, Mark's boyf and Engel's girlf. <laughs> oh boy. But I would rather get my fridge repaired by someone whose business it is to repair fridges than my housemate, who once seized the means of production from Fisher and Paykel, borrows his dad's tools because he totally knows how to do that. Yeah, like he built a computer as a four-year-old. It wasn't from a kit or anything. Nah, bro. The only political labels I give myself are non-binary trans lesbian. But if I were to be precise about my beliefs, I might say libertarian capitalist. You know... This is Gabby speaking. All kinds really listen to this show. Who boy. Okay. 
people are complicated. Okay, back to the email. Because I don't believe capitalism is evil. I don't believe we're living in capitalism. I don't listen to neoclassical economists. And I don't snuggle up at night with my copy of Das Capital. Karl Marx is not my economist of choice. I prefer Prax Girl. Look her up on YouTube. She's amazing. I am me, Gabby, now terrified to look up Prax Girl. Terrified in a, in a, in a neutral way. Okay, back to the email. Capitalism, as per my understanding of the Austrian School of Economics, is a system free of government intervention that requires non-coercive means of operating and a free market. Think of it like this. I pay my florist to sell me flowers to give to my mother because my florist knows how to grow flowers better than anyone else. I pay a swimming instructor who works at a pool to teach my child to swim. I buy a fridge from Fisher and Paykill because they sell fridges. Do you work for that company? You've mentioned it twice. Anyway, just kidding. Okay, back to the email. So what's the problem? If we're not living in capitalism, then what era are we living in? The problem is that the government, any government, all governments currently, intervene. They give bailouts to failing companies and tax cuts to others. They decide which companies survive, thrive, and fail. This isn't capitalism. This is corporatism. Capitalism isn't the problem, it's governments deciding who gets riches and who gets rags, who dies from COVID and who gets the vaccine, who dies from the vaccine and how many years Pfizer, who contributed thousands of dollars to anti-trans legislators in the U.S. last year, get to keep their results of the vaccine deaths and permanent side effects secret. Okay, so we really then, now we took a left turn. <laughs> I'm, I'm not laughing. I'm laughing because this email is a roller coaster. And some stuff I do agree with and some stuff um, I don't agree with. So I really like, there's a lot here. There's a lot here. I, I agree with so much of what you're saying. And I understand the point of view of saying it's corporatism. But then we took a hard left. I don't know. Okay, back to the email. Literally, it's the government that is the root of all evil. I don't understand why no one but libertarians, true libertarians, not the ones on Fox News, gets that. Okay, sorry to leave on such a dun-dun bombshell, but I got a DoorDash the next four hours so I can pay for my girlfriend's therapy. Best, Lisa. They, them. Oh, boy. Okay, wow. Wow, 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 wow. If you are a listener and you have a response to this email, please write in. I feel like we read a lot of emails from people with 100% the same views on this show or at least similar views or at least coming from the same place. And this is a really interesting email to me because it really doesn't seem to align with any party. It just seems to be, which I guess is what libertarians believe themselves to be. I don't know that we've ever heard from a libertarian in an email quite this detailed. I don't know. I don't know how I feel. I just thought it was fascinating. So if you have thoughts on Lisa's email, please write in. Um, I would love to read them. Any opposing views, any people who agree, but then sort of draw the line at the vaccine stuff. What a fascinating person. Okay, when we return, I will read your comments and some more emails. Stay tuned. Okay, so this is a Discord comment that we got that I thought was really interesting. Um, it says, I'm working as an independent contractor as a film editor for the first time, and I'm so stressed about paying taxes. So this really stuck out to me because I, too, am an independent contractor slash freelancer, and taxes make me so nervous. Okay, so the comment continues. I don't even make that much money, but have this feeling that I'd get taxed every dollar I made. Advice, anyone? Also, God, thinking about a 1099 form gives me the shivers. 
Relatable, relatable, relatable. I uh, am very nervous about taxes all the time. I am constantly worried that I'm going to have to pay more taxes than I can anticipate. One thing that I do is I have a high yield savings account. I have money coming out of my paychecks whenever I do get paid at a steady amount. And that goes into this high yield savings account that I have. You can use any bank you want. But basically the money goes in there and then I don't touch it at all and I just use it for taxes. Also, if you do have a steady paycheck, please make sure taxes are getting taken out monthly or weekly or bi-weekly whenever you get paid. Please, please make sure you check that box because I haven't, I didn't do that one time and HR didn't point it out to me and I was so screwed at the end of the year. So as an independent contractor, you can also look into paying quarterly. That might be a little bit easier for you. If anyone else has advice about paying taxes as an independent contractor, please write in. Okay, this is another Discord comment, and it is a huge trigger warning for sexual harassment, so I'll give you a second to turn the show off. Okay, so this is the comment. Hello, I have a money-related question that I'm struggling to find info online. Does anyone have experience with handling credit checks when your last landlord was a dick? The context. My previous superintendent was sexually harassing my female neighbors and the landlord took his side. We were great tenants, always paid on time, no issues until this. But we had to testify in court against them because of this. Now I'm freaking out about providing this person as a reference check. Do landlords actually call everyone on an application form? Should I give them a heads up about our situation in case this person gives us a bad reference? Again, she has no reason to. We were delightful, but I cannot express how much I don't trust this person. I think you should give them a heads up. In the Discord, there were a lot of comments about this, a lot of people giving their opinions. So if you go to the link in the description and the show notes, you will be able to read other people's opinions on this. But I got to believe that this is way more common than people ever talk about. I do think you should give your new landlord a heads up, especially because you testified in court. So there's record of it. There's documentation of it where you can say to the new landlord, seriously, if they give us a bad reference, Here is evidence as of why that does not have to do with uh, how good or bad of tenants we were. But if you want to see more information about this or you want to see more advice about this, head on over to the Discord. I thought it was a really interesting discussion. Okay, so now we're going to welcome our one new patron for this week, Britt. Thank you, Britt, for being a patron. Uh, And that's our episode. I would love to hear from you. Be sure to send me an email at gabbyisbadwithmoney at gmail.com or leave me a voicemail at 844-474-4040. You can also email me a voice memo if you prefer. Join our online communities. That's where a lot of this discussion is happening. The sexual harassment conversation about landlords, the independent contractor conversation all come from our Discord. So it is, like I always say, popping off there. We are on Instagram, TikTok, Patreon, and Facebook too, patreon.com slash Gabby Dunn. Links to all of these will be listed in the episode description. And do not forget to listen to the show the day it drops so we can get on the charts and spread the word. I will, in these episodes coming up, have more information about when season 10 is starting. So please stay tuned. We're banking all the episodes and I'm so excited about them. We're doing veganism. We're doing cancer. We're doing uh, LGBTQ corporate pride. It's We're getting into a lot of topics that I'm so excited about. ESG funds, which I know you guys have written to me about many times. So stay tuned. Thanks. Bye. Done. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 